This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, July 17th, 2020. I am Dave Biddle. I am very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. Jay Book, let's start right with Jordan Hancock. I talked a lot about this on the show Wednesday, but this is the first time you and I have talked about it. The high four-star corner, the number five corner in the country, decommitted from Clemson, of course, a couple days ago, and seems to be inevitable that he's going to flip to Ohio State. Just your reaction to that news, my friend. Yeah, I was I was really fired up. Um, not only is Ohio State looking like they're going to get a primetime lockdown corner, but they were able to deliver a blow to Dabo Sweeney, which is awesome. And you look at Kerry Combs, the way he's recruiting, uh, the guy the guy is recruiting like he, he there's never been a drop off from him. But, uh, leaving for the NFL. The guy is just absolutely slaying the recruiting trail right now. And, and what you're looking at is pairing him with Ja'Kalen Johnson, the number four cornerback in the country. Both guys are six foot. So you're seeing long, linky cornerbacks that can flip their hips. And one thing that you really, you really have to like about this kid is he said he wants to play in the slot be a corner in the slot. So not a lot of guys have a desire to play in the slot, but with his size and his ability, it allows a, it will allow Ohio State a lot of flexibility to put him on some of those bigger uh, targets in the inside. So it gives Ohio State the matchups across the board when it comes to lockdown guys. Now, it, it, it'll be interesting to see what they decide to do with Denzel Burke. Uh, I know 24-7 has him listed as an athlete. A lot of people believe his best position is at cornerback as well. You also have – he's another six-foot defensive back prospect. So you're looking at some big-time guys here for Ohio State with a lot of size, a lot of length, and a lot of athleticism. Yeah, you mentioned Ohio State was able to deliver a blow to Dabo. It's really interesting. You look at Dabo, and he's a guy that it seemed like, you know, not that long ago, recruits across the country were lining up to play for him. Like, he had a lot of credibility with young men across this country. Do you feel like, due to recent events, Dabo's lost a lot of credibility with recruits, or do you feel like this is just maybe kind of a one-off situation? Absolutely. I think, he, I think that program could be in trouble. If they if they start dropping some games on the football field, then I can see them becoming the modern day Miami, a team that you know really made a run, was on the national stage, they were dominant, and then as things progressed, they weren't able to sustain it. And with Dabo Swinney being so tone deaf to what's going on in today's society and being 
and not sensitive and caring enough towards what his players, majority of what his roster is, is saying is a, a issue that is important to them, just being tone deaf alone is going to hurt them. And I know the Clemson boards are saying that Ohio State is negative recruiting them because of everything that's going on. Davos, he's negative recruiting his own self. I mean, if the guy can just get together with his PR department and just come together with a coherent, strong statement, I think it would, you know, back a lot of people off. But right now, the sharks are swimming. They smell blood in the water. And I think Davo has brought this upon himself. And even if Ohio State did point out the obvious uh, things that a lot of people in the media have been pointing out for weeks in regards to Clemson, that's not negative recruiting when you're telling the truth. It is interesting, too, that uh, let's say Ohio State did negative recruit against Clemson. There were a lot of reports, and we don't know if this really happens, but there were a lot of reports that Dabba was telling recruits a couple years ago, hey, Urban Meyer doesn't have much longer. You know, he's, he's thinking this is before, like, the whole Zach Smith scandal and all that. There was a lot of smoke, enough where I totally believe, and I didn't even fault him. I mean, this is why I don't – if Ohio State's doing it, all is fair in love, war, and recruiting, my friend. And it is ironic to me, though, that if you believe the reports, Dabo was negatively recruiting Ohio State a year or two ago, saying Urban was about ready to retire, obviously more than a year ago. At least two years ago, said Urban was getting ready to retire. I was, okay, good on Dabo. And now good on Ryan Day if he's turning the tables on Dabo. Yeah, and – well, Jackson Carmen came out and said it out of his own mouth and said that was the recruiting pitch that Dabo gave to him, and it made him think twice about coming to Ohio State because he didn't know what the future was going to be. Obviously, things turned out for the best with Ohio State being able to uh, bring in Ryan Day and having him succeed Urban, and the program is looking like it's on a higher trajectory than what it was, but the fact that Dabo was spewing that, not saying that he wasn't wrong, but a lot of people can look at that and say, hey, you were negative recruiting, and now the shoe is on the other foot, and you're going to cry about it. Don't cry about it because the things that are happening to Clemson right now was brought upon because of your own actions. And I thought it was fascinating that Ohio State commit uh, Tamisi Adelaide, um, the strong side defensive end out of IMG Academy, was on uh, Twitter saying that a lot of recruits are starting to wake up to Clemson and see what they're really about. And if recruits are talking and all of these guys talk, a lot of these top guys talk, um, what you're essentially going to see is a lot of people canceling Clemson off their list. Now, you're not going to hear it as the future goes along. You're not going to hear like a ton of kids saying, hey, I'm dropping Clemson because – I don't like the way Dabo Sweeney handles his staff. I don't like the way he handles social issues, and I don't feel like he provides the proper support. No, you're not going to hear that. What you're going to see is you're going to see them slowly dropping down the recruiting rankings because a lot of the top prospects who care deeply about what's going on, they're going to they're going to have Clemson behind a lot of the other top teams that's that's providing the resources, the same resources, but also putting their best efforts forward to support their, their players and their student athletes. Now you put a very interesting poll on Twitter last night. And speaking of Dabo, although Dabo fans will like this, he didn't quote unquote win this poll and a bunch of people responded on Twitter. The question, I love this question. We might have to steal this for one of the Bucknuts polls of the day. And you put this on Twitter, Jay Buck. Who do Buckeye fans despise the most? Dabo, 
and Clemson, so Dabo and Clemson together, Michigan, or the entire SEC. Those are the three choices, Dabo and Clemson, Michigan, and the entire SEC, basically. And you got, you know, over 5,000 votes. Michigan won, no surprise, 52%. Clemson and Dabo, 39%. The entire SEC, 8.5%. That's interesting. It's not surprising that Michigan won, but obviously you go back to before 2013, Clemson wouldn't certainly have, have even scratched the surface there. What do you make of that poll and the results? Yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. It, it definitely created a lot of banter and back and forth with, with Ohio State fans, so I, I really appreciate uh, people participating. But I, I thought it was interesting that Clemson and Dabo was going to be that high. It, it's born and bred into you that Michigan will always be front and center when it comes to who you despise the most or who, who you hate the most. But right now, to me, my personal feelings is, yes, I understand – 100% that that target will always remain on Michigan and you can't take your eye off them. But I feel like those guys have taken such a beating, such a pounding over the last 20 years that, it, that a lot of their fans and even their program, they, they somewhat have waved the white flag. What I want right now is Ohio State to destroy Clemson's program like Jim Trestle did in Miami just absolutely nuke those guys back into reality. I want that so bad. If you can ask me right now, who would you rather play, uh, you know, right now, game one, give me Clemson all day, every day. I want a rematch for those guys, with those guys. And Ohio State, yes, yes, Clemson has beaten the Buckeyes on the field over the last several years. But I, I truly believe in order for us to be able to, bring that trophy back to Columbus as far as a national championship. You need to go through Clemson. And I feel like we have a better program. The, the, the ball didn't bounce our way in that last playoff game. And I feel like Ohio State was the better football team. But with that being said, Dabo, he just rubs me the wrong way. The Clemson program, they feel like they're a, a true blue blood who's been around the block for the last 50 years doing what they're doing. They're new money on the streets. They're just new. They're new to winning. Um, if you look at their history and they run their mouth like they're a historic blue bud, but that's okay. I have the utmost um, amount of respect and, and trust that Ryan Day will write this ship and he will handle Clemson accordingly next time both teams see, see each other on the field. Yeah, Ohio State was right on the doorstep. I really feel like Ohio State was the better team, but, you know, Clemson won that game. And, you know, Clemson, when we look back on the 2010s, you know, it'll be, you know, Ohio State was right there. You know, the top three teams, Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State in whatever order, but it'll probably be Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State when we look back on it, when we look back on the 2010s. And that's a huge credit to Dabo to get them, you know, as far as he did in the 2010s. We'll see, though. And as you mentioned, it's not just like people talking about it whispering about it or even you know trolling on message boards or this and that you're having recruits talk about it you know on social media just putting it out there and that uh you know that you know maybe it's not the time to play for clemson i do want to switch gears and finish the show asking you about this speaking we started the show talking about jordan hancock and dbs 
Cam Martinez is a guy that's very interesting to me. They also have – Ohio State has legend Cavazos and Ryan Watts that are true freshmen this year that are corners. We know they're corners, and I'm hearing great things about legend Cavazos. I want to get your take on Cam Martinez, though. He was a guy that did everything in high school. Uh, and there's debate, you know, should he be a wide receiver? Should he be a corner? Should he be a safety? What do you envision out of him, Jay Book, not necessarily just this year as a true freshman, but just as you look at Cam Martinez's career, what do you think of him as a prospect? And, and just how do you like, – what position do you envision him playing at Ohio State? Yeah, I, I I think he's definitely going to start off on the defensive side of the football. I I feel like the relationship that he built up in a short amount of time with Kerry Combs will pay dividends there because it, there was a lot of speculation as will he sign even sign with Ohio State, especially with Jeff Halfley leaving, and then Combs came in and in a short amount of time he was able to go ahead and lock that commitment up. To me, he's a he's a an explosive prime time player and what I mean by that is Cam Martinez is a guy where he's going to play when the lights are the brightest he's going to really step his game up I really liked his take when he was on offense but I I understand where Ohio State sees him as a better prospect on defense he's just that dynamic um, it'll be interesting because he's a younger guy and Previously, I would say he would be behind the eight ball because he's coming He's coming in later compared to some of the other kids who got a jump start in the spring. But because everything was canceled, a lot of these freshmen and the younger guys, they're on the same playing field when it comes to getting things restarted or if they do get it restarted. So I think Martinez will get every opportunity to shine. I think that his athleticism is elite, and once he really – figures out the speed of the college game. The sky is the limit for him. I just think that right now, Ohio State sees him as a better prospect on the defensive side of the football because if you look at what Brian Hartline has on the other side, he has a room full of monsters that are ready to explode on the national scene. You talk about an absolutely loaded wide receiver room and Putting Cam Martinez in there, I don't think it does the program any justice because there's so much talent in that room that he may be held down because he's not going to get the appropriate amount of reps, whereas there's a much greater need for him on the defensive side of the football. Last thing, Legend Cavazos. Again, like I said earlier, I'm hearing great things about him. Um, you know, he came back. He looked good. Those it was three days of practice, so you know, take that with a grain of salt, obviously. But um, then he worked his ass off, um, you know, during the quarantine and came back ready to roll. I mean, you know, you're hearing things about you know certain guys just worked hard during the quarantine. Like you're hearing great things about G. Scott Jr. and others. Cavazos is one I'm hearing really good things about. And again, they liked him before that. They're impressed that he came back ready to roll. And he's a guy, Jay Book, um, you know, he's not going to be, I don't think, in the top three or anything like that or top four corners. But as much as Kerry Combs likes to rotate corners, if we have a season this year, hopefully, um, Legend Cavazos, there's no way he's going to redshirt, in my opinion. It's just a question of how much he's going to get on the field. Just what do you expect out of Legend Cavazos? Yeah, he he's a kid that I know 24-7 had him pegged as a, you know, some people have him pegged as a safety, whereas, you know, for the most part, Ohio State views him as a corner. And with his size, he's coming in as a big kid already, a 6'1", almost 200 pounds. So he, he has the college body right now to play. I look at him as a kid that will be able to really thrive in playing in a slot because he has the size, he has the athleticism, he has the ability to flip the hips. 
I just think that it's to be determined how good he can be playing on the outside, especially the way Kerry Combs likes to put his corner islands. I'm not sure if he if he's ready to do that just yet because he's a he's a really big kid. But I do think that he can really excel at playing in a slot position because you you've seen where Ohio State has really developed their guys. Um, the younger guys usually start off on the inside and you have your prime time lockdown guys on the outside. And as they gain experience and they understand the game and the defenses and the nuances of college, you start to see them gradually move on to the outside as they gain more exposure uh, to the football. So I, I look for him to start on the inside. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they moved him around a little bit throw him on the back end to see what he can do, but he will absolutely be a kid that sees the field early on. Great stuff as always out of Jonah Booker. Thank you very much, Jay Book. And again, our shameless plugs, if you like the show, and we want to keep this free. We don't want to charge you guys for this podcast. We love it that it's free, and but it really helps if you guys give us five-star reviews. Apple Podcast, Spotify, if you're listening on YouTube, subscribe. There's no five-star reviews on YouTube, just subscribe. It's very easy. Hit the subscribe button. But Apple Podcasts, Spotify, if you like the show, give us a five-star review. We would love that. Thank you very much to Jay Book. Thank you very much to all of our listeners. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.